Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center 4C. The name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of, so thank you for listening. I'm here with Tisha from the Slightly Unmeditated Podcast channel, our producer and friend. Hello, Tisha. Hello. I feel like it's been decades since we've done this. I know, because we have been taping a couple at the same time. It does feel like a long time. Uh, I've missed you. Yes. No kidding. We're in the swing of summer. Nothing seems... I don't know. Weather's weird. It's been a strange summer so far, I think. It has been strange. The weather keeps swinging back and forth. And inspired by the season, as as much as I'd like this to be an evergreen episode, and I think it will be because it's uh, made me think about family picnics and politics. How do you like that topic? Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> I'm <laughs> who, impressed. <laughs> who doesn't want coaching around, oh my gosh, I'm going to family picnics this summer and or graduations or big, big get togethers. And what's going to happen when people who are in this polarized world that I'm related to or friends with the, when the conversation goes political because there's so much polarization. Yep. For sure. So in many ways, this is really a topic about navigating difficult conversations Mm. and emotions that you might have around it. If someone's saying something that rubs it up against your beliefs or your values, we are almost guaranteed to have that happen at some point during the summer or any any time of the year, really, at family gatherings or gatherings even of friends and parties. I think... My, the number one point, um, I, I wrote a couple of points. So I wanted to take coaching points around this to just help, uh, you and anyone listening to think about the perspective you can take to make it less offensive. Right. For yourself. And we do that a lot in coaching. Like I, there are some energy wasters that you take off client's plate, you don't, you help them take them off their plate. And that's where we can get more capacity. We're all overloaded, overwhelmed, overstressed. And this is one of those areas where it could tip the scales and be just like one more thing that you are frustrated about, that you ruminate about. And it would be normal to be offended, frustrated, ruminate. You're, you're justified in all of that. Because we know how the ego works and we know how our brain works with the negativity bias. It's going to stay with us. But I want to help people with some tools to kind of like rein that brain in and come around to where they feel better so that that picnic or party didn't hurt them. And and then maybe even some tools to deal with it in the moment. Yes. I'm sure everybody could use this (laughs) for sure. Watch, this will be one of the hottest episodes. (laughs) That'd be great. The first point I want to talk about, and I know it's one that you know well, Tisha, is the concept of intellectual humility. Mm -hmm. When someone's saying something and we're thinking, "Mm, yeah, they're wrong, and I know they're wrong, and they might be. And and, I mean, you, you could be right, but intellectual humility would take a position that you have something to learn that you, your whole, your whole being is not threatened by whatever they're saying that might be wrong. They could be wrong. 
and you don't have to point it out to them. Not necessarily. I think that's the trap the brain gets you in. The very first step is to take intellectual humility, which is basically saying, well, I don't know what I don't know. So tell me more. So you want people to think about those state, that statement, those three words. Oh, tell me more. You can always just ask someone to tell them more. Our knee jerk reaction is we're not going to want them to tell us more and we can't wait till we can come back with a differing perspective. But that might be just rushing into an argument that we don't really need to. So you can always take the stance that there's something that you don't know. And even you're either curious about that person's point in their political view or even how they got to that perspective where that they feel that way. So really you can just be curious and you can ask them more. It's again, against our knee jerk reaction, but that's coming from a solid, safe, centered, you're grounded and centered in who you are and your own values and that your identity is not tied to being right in this moment. And untie the identity from what they're saying and what you're believing that might be the opposite of it. And you just say, tell me more. Right. How often do you think that happens? Almost never. Because I think (laughs) I, and I, I say that from personal experience, I have not been good in the history of my life at doing this. I'm glad I'm a coach today and I'm learning these things because I need to learn them. I need to learn them. Right, for sure. Well, I think my first thought would probably just be silence. Mm-hmm. I think it would be my approach. If it was so off the wall, I I couldn't even respond. But obviously, curiosity is very uh, one of my top, you know, Qualities. interests. Yeah. Yes, and just being interested in what people say. I'm sure there's some lines that maybe I would just opt for silence as opposed to curiosity, depending on the topic, but, and the person also, but yeah, that's definitely good insight. And to, to hear it, you know, and maybe learn it and practice it and, and use it in the moment. I will say that I had a very fiery past and I was much more the debater and I would zoom in and I, I am not like that anymore. And it is what I have learned. I have learned intellectual humility. I have learned that the whole world is not on my shoulders counting on me to correct that person to make them Mm -hmm. right. Like take that pressure off yourself when you're at a family party that you don't need to change the world in that moment by changing that person's opinion because it probably isn't going to work. Right. And so that was, that was one point. And again, intellectual humility and maybe just saying, tell me more, getting curious, or to Tisha's point, silence is your friend. <laughs> you can just listen and then it, it'll move on and uh, you don't have to be right and they don't have to be wrong and and you didn't need to get in an argument and upset mom, you know, like or upset Aunt Sally or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Another point is it's okay to limit the time. So you might be listening and using silence and then there might be a moment where you get up and get more food at the table. So you've moved your body. You've limited the time. You're like, 
letting other people stay in that conversation. And maybe there's someone else, you know, you, something somewhere else you can, can move to. Hopefully there are other conversations going on that you might lend an ear to. Um, maybe, you know, Aunt Sally is talking about something and do you start paying attention to Aunt Sally instead of the, the politics that might be enraging you? Or you purposefully go to Aunt Sally, for instance. Um, I actually don't have an Aunt Sally, but um, she sounds like a nice lady. So I, <laughs> um, you purposely maybe go and say, how are you? And ask someone else how they are and, and start another conversation. Asking people, wanting to get to know about what's going on in someone else's world. Right. Got it. I'm sure you've done that a time or two. A time or two. I'm always the person who, uh, I'm that person who catches when nobody's listening to someone else. Uh And like, I'm the compassionate listener because I feel bad that they're talking and no one else cares what they have to say. Aw, that's a good technique too. There's someone that's talking and maybe others aren't really paying attention to them. And then that's, you can lend them their lend them your ear. And that's a very compassionate thing to do. Yeah, it happens way too often. I see no matter what kind of group, whether it's family or strangers, there's always that one person telling like with their heart story, and they're so excited, and then no one is listening. That is so sad to me. Yes, because you're empathetic. And that's, and even if you get stuck, so it's that person, you know, it, it, that person that women, maybe that's a little too much for other people or they're afraid they're going to get trapped. So they're making moves around the, the banquet table or whatever. So you can be compassionate and then at least go home and feel, feel like you've done a good deed. Yeah. And that's what I think. And maybe enjoy yourself. That's so that's perfect. Another point, the third point I had is don't bite the hook. And so this does, it's not completely a different topic than the intellectual humility because you're not biting the hook when you step back and you keep in check your knee jerk reaction to maybe debate or jump in or, or argue. But don't bite the hook is, is important from a different perspective. I feel like in where we're at being polarized, we what we really many, many people agree on is that we need to move more to the middle and that that's really where we were, that we weren't so polarized, that most of the population is not polarized. So I think don't bite the hook that might even be within you feeling like you have to say something to correct. It's really can be more moderate. We, we need good civil discourse. And then maybe you find the right moment where it's not biting the hook of what someone's the outrageous point, but maybe there's a more subtle point that there's the right opening for in the conversation at some point or um, a question you can pose that's not threatening. It's the softer side that might help with the civil discourse, might help other people listen. And one of the things it reminds me of is, did you ever see the movie 12 Angry Men? 
Oh, so long ago, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you always say to me, did you see this movie? Did you see it? And mm-hmm. then I never do, right? So a long time ago, I was actually in college. I had to watch it in college. 12 Angry Men with Henry Fonda is a black and white old film with a lot of stars when they were young, like Jack Klugman and Edward G. Robinson. And uh, so very old and deceased uh, many, many deceased actors right now. That's how old the movie is in black and white. But one of the things that he did so well was it was in the jury. And instead of just debating very passionately that he thought that the young man was not guilty on a jury, they were on a jury. Mm-hmm. He just had this really soft approach to not biting the hook and getting himself all emotionally enraged that people didn't understand where he was coming from and maybe just saying his points. He just very slowly kept talking calmly, small points, subtle points, and he kept move, he moved the dial for everyone. He just brought up things that then people listened to him because he wasn't emotional and powerful. It was more understated. And I think it's understated that we can be understated and actually make a difference. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I think I would rather, it's funny as we're talking about this, I keep feeling like angry a little bit. Like I feel I, you know, like the worst case scenario of people fighting and kind of ruining a whole barbecue or something. I can't get past that. And I'm starting to feel like a certain way about it. Like I've stirred you up. I hope I haven't created more fear around the get togethers. No, it's just actually, it makes me feel better. Like, glad I don't have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 4th of July is tomorrow. But um, I actually got a text right before we started recording, like, hey, do you want to come do this? And my first thought was, I don't know. I don't know if I do. (laughs) Well, it's funny because it is really timeless. So it's summer and I'm thinking about the summer picnics and parties, but really this is going to happen all year round at get togethers. And we are at a point where there's the polarization. How do we ever get off that? How do we ever get back to feeling better about the world, which is actually my next point. So my fourth point is, Fear is big business right now. And as a coach, I just see it, uh, headlines and shock value and our media. And we know that innate in us is the brain's negativity bias. So it is your brain is trying to figure out how to protect yourself. So if we feel like our life is threatened, we're going to be scared and we're going to be very reactionary. That's why I say fear is big business right now, all over. We should be very afraid about a lot of things. And I just recently read a book called Beware of False Tigers, an antidote to to today's stress, or it's it's kind of a long subtitle, but it's by Frank Ferencic. And he talked a lot about neurobiology and really our ancient selves and where we're at, where we see everything as a threat to our survival. And a lot of the issues that are polarizing right now feel like a a threat to our survival. And we may be very passionate, and I know I am, 
about certain things that I do want to be focused more on. Mm-hmm. But all sides, I think, can relate to that common humanity. And in common humanity, it's we're the, we're all the same in some way because we're human beings. We have more similarities than differences. And so we can be compassionate. We can connect with our common humanity and we don't necessarily need to buy into being fearful all the time about everything. Yeah. And that's very true. It's sort of ingrained in you maybe that you don't even realize why you're so reactionary is because you're constantly being told this is the economy's bad and this is bad. And this is, you know, like it's a lot of things that maybe you're not even conscious of that maybe you get triggered a little bit more easily if somebody says something. And in the book, he even talks about how a lot of times our day-to-day stress wears us down so much that we're not, we really don't have our eye on the big threats to our existence and our life than where we could put more energy if we really weren't seeing false tigers in everything, other little things, really to ask ourselves, is this a threat to me? You know, is this a threat to my life? Uh, And in most cases, it's not. Is this going to matter in, you know, a month, a year? A threat, yeah, a threat to your ego, maybe, but not like your life. Right, right. And there's always, especially if we're go back to the picnic table kind of thing is like, there's always going to be, you know, something that you may not agree with, but overall, is it a threat? You know, hopefully if uh, Uncle Joe is punching Uncle Tony, you you just get out of the way. <laughs> but <laughs> It's like if, if a fist fight breaks out, but, but other than that, our two relatives a threat to you threat to you probably not you know that's the other thing too is know your audience i mean if you're going in there and uncle tony and uncle joe are having you know they're already four sheets to the wind you probably (laughs) shouldn't just go over there right (laughs) right steer clear and 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 no right you can calm your own self and and find your center it's it, it may not feel good um if if you feel to to get back to the point where maybe you're even the observer and it's upsetting you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this may, you may even be, or anyone may be anticipating a tense situation between people at a party. Right. Is that, but- is that really a threat to you? And then you can kind of calm yourself down with, it was like, no, I've, you know, been around them before. It's not a big deal. Right. And it's about following your instinct. I mean, if you know you're going to feel unsafe because everybody's trashed and has fireworks or, you know, Ah, you bring up a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Some dangerous situation. um, I would just opt to not do that because I already know I'll be anxious all night, you know, worrying about something. Um, And some people maybe aren't mindful of that on their own. I'm just like hyper aware of it, I think. So I'm always aware of false tigers. <laughs> yeah. Or real tigers. Or real tigers, right? If yeah. you've been somewhere and you did see something go wrong with the fireworks, then you can imagine that someone is going to be anxious for good reason. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people already kind of know what to expect going into a family thing, a family event. So just kind of keep that in mind before you go. Keep your expectations where they belong and not hope everybody's going to be angels. But, you know, (laughs) be aware. We often do not adjust our expectations to reality. And over time, there is a certain point where we can add a lot of extra stress on ourselves by not realizing that that person's going to act the same way and not expecting it to be different. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So what else might come up in, in ways to deal with politics? I, cause I definitely feel like it, it's coming back to me too about how polarized we are and, and maybe a really good point to make in as a coach. It too is let's make sure we're part of the solution and not the problem. And dovetailing on the last point about fear is don't let someone stir you up to be too fearful about stuff that you really want to rip other people's heads off kind of thing. I mean, this is maybe can we, can we be compassionate, see humanity in each other and maybe even see the fear? Is there a way that we can be a calming, grounded, centered force for someone who's very upset about a lot of things? Yeah. And again, not engaging with certain people is is a right you have like you don't have to you don't even have to go to the picnic if you already know you're going to feel overwhelmed like that's part of self-care that's not about um how other people feel if you already know you're going to be uncomfortable or can't handle uncle bob's diatribe about whatever he wants to wax poetic about then just (laughs) that that is part of self-care just opting out maybe doing something more low-key with someone else or, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with that because it's tradition. Well, we have to go over and then they end up stressing themselves out for nothing. Right. So make your decisions. You have free will. And yeah. and I think that's another great tip. And definitely one of the things that I've used personally too is for me, it's a red flag when people are really adamant that something's, oh my goodness, this is so horrible, is like a lot of things we thought were horrible in the past, like women voting. You know, I I guess the feminist me knows so many examples. It's like, oh, yes, the economy was supposed to fall apart when women went into the workplace or when women got the right to vote. So (laughs) when I look back at history, I see that that was an unfounded fear. Right. Yeah. And if you're the person who has to be right and talk about a whole bunch of stuff, maybe other people really don't want to talk to talk about at a picnic, you know, maybe just take a step back and think, do I need to do it in this occasion? You know, can, can I just come into this without, an agenda and just have a good time with my family, be present in the moment and enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone will appreciate that. Cause I have to say, I, I will admit to my, you know, to, to you and to anyone listening that in the past, I really would engage in a debate cause it would get me upset. 
Yeah. And and I've been the person at the party trying to bring up an, a, a political issue. So I, I'm going to actually throw this out there. It's like, and then had everyone looking at me like, we don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah. Uh, I would absolutely rather melt right into the earth than that happen to me. <laughs> so right. we're a little different on that. But maybe it's because I, you know, had a lot of experience with the loud talkers who didn't know when to stop. And you know what I'm saying? Like you, you would kind of observe that and decide, well, that's not what I want. And I think that's just kind of where I'm coming from. Um, I, I don't know. I, I definitely like to be right. There are times where I will argue to the, I don't <laughs> even do that anymore, but there were times where I would argue to the death, but it would also be about the audience. Are they going to be receptive to what I'm saying? If not, then it's sort of a waste of my energy to do right. that. That's a, that's such a perfect point as we come to a close too. It's like your energy matters. So you want to bring the right energy with you to that get together. And while you're there, you want to maintain that energy of goodness, because that's the intent here. And if someone's robbing you of that energy, you can find a way to either go talk to someone else, limit the time, um, you know, and maybe there are definitely situations, I'm sure, where it's better not to go at all. People do have some of those dynamics in their family and protecting your own self, your, your boundaries and, um, it, it matters. And, and you matter. Yeah. And overall, though, people do want to be seen and heard. So if it's not, if it's not too egregious, it's okay for you to see and hear someone else. Because I think too, sometimes that's the reason why things get polarized is what's happening is someone feels really strongly about something and then they don't feel like anyone's paying attention. And then that's where it might get loud and a little over the top. And even that person might feel bad later, like, oh, I kind of lost it there and I feel bad. And that way, yeah. you know, I'm now feeling cringeworthy about my grandstanding. And so sometimes I actually just listening would at least make that person feel seen and heard. And if they're passionate about that point and that's okay. Right. And in the moment, you don't need to waste your energy doing anything different. You can think about it and ponder it and, you know, there'll be another get together. <laughs> yes. The world's going to end because you let, you know, somebody say something without you saying anything back. Probably yeah. not. Will you not have to drive home cringing at yourself about what you should have done, could have done? No, it's a, more of a proactive approach to socializing, yes. you know, preparing yourself mentally, knowing what's going on and, and acting ahead of time instead of reacting to everything. I could not have said that better. That is perfect. Bringing it around to just that good energy all around. Well, I hope that everyone has a great summer with picnics and parties and, and continues that through the rest of the year. We hope you're feeling a bit more centered. New episodes drop every other Tuesday. Feel free to reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com anytime with comments, questions, and topic ideas. That's all for today. I'm Kim Perone helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. 
Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.